hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. We're going to uh, continue a series that we've begun, and it's a series called Cries of the Heart. Uh, In this series, we're exploring the deep cries and longings that exist in every human soul. In our lives, there are deep needs that if they're not met, they cause us to despair and lose hope in life. And as we start 2021, maybe one of the things that we can do is we can begin to explore what are the cries of our heart and how these can be met by God and how we can walk in the freedom that he has for us this year. Last week, Warren explored how the cries of the heart can only be met by knowing our creator. Adam and Eve looked to themselves instead of God to meet their needs. The result was that they walked away from him and they lost their relationship with God and also with each other. And I just want you to have a think about that moment in the garden because that's what Warren was talking about, that moment where they've listened to a talking snake rather than God. They've been filled with an awareness of their own nakedness. They hide from God and they start blaming each other. See, they were made whole by the presence of their creator And they were meant to be together. But now they've experienced the frustration that comes from being apart. Ever since that time, we've been working to regain that sense of connection, both with God and also with each other. This kind of has led to a disconnection that can be seen in many different ways. Often it's through isolation, but it can also be seen in people who look like they've got it all together, like they're the life of the party. I had a friend named Steve. And he was a guy everyone loved to be around. He always had the right joke at the right time. He had amazing impressions. And it was almost like he was constantly on. He was the, the clown of our friendship group. And I remember talking to him one time and saying, man, you're just so funny and everyone loves being around you. And he said, yeah, it might seem like that. But he said, inside, he said, inside, I actually feel desperately lonely because I don't feel I can be myself. And if I was myself, then I don't know whether I would fit. I don't know whether I would belong. We want to know, where do I belong? Who are the people that give me that sense of value in life? Where do I fit? And that's because relationship is one of the most important things that we have in our lives. Following the Korean War, a study was done of a thousand American prisoners of war who'd been detained in a North Korean camp. These camps were not considered cruel by usual standards. They had water, they had food, they had shelter, they weren't physically tortured. The camps weren't surrounded by barbed wire or armed soldiers. Yet the death rate in these camps was 38%, which is the highest in US military history. And no one tried to escape. You think, well, how does does that work? And the reason was that over half of those who died in these camps just gave up. They died of extreme hopelessness. It was not uncommon for a soldier, apparently, to wander into his hut and look despairingly around, decide there was no use in trying to survive. He would then go into a corner, he would sit alone and sit down and pull a blanket over his head. And within two days he would be dead. The soldiers called it give-up-itis. Now, this was actually very intentional 
from the North Koreans. Do you want to know how they did it? That what they did is they uh, had a very simple objective, and that was to deny the men the emotional support that comes from interpersonal relationships. They would give rewards for informing on other prisoners, breaking relationships, and destroying trust. They would also undermine a soldier's allegiance to his superior officers. It was reported that one uh, senior officer said to one of the men, don't drink that water, that's dirty water, you'll get sick. And the soldier looked at him and he said, look, there's no difference between you and me here, bub. You can't tell me what to do anymore, I can do what I want. And he went ahead and drank the water and within days died of dysentery. Most tellingly, the tactic was that they would withhold all positive emotional support. So if they received a letter from home of a loved one who had died, they would uh, give that letter to the, to the prisoner immediately. But then if they had also got a letter from home from someone who uh, it was a letter from home saying, hey, we miss you, we hope you're doing well, we, we want to see you home again, they wouldn't give that letter to them. And so they just had this psychological warfare of destroying any interpersonal relationships. All sense of camaraderie was gone. All sense of togetherness wasn't there anymore. And as a result, people gave up. They became hopeless. Without a sense of belonging to a group of people who cared for them, without any hope of anything getting better, they gave up. The saddest thing about that story is that this is the way many people feel in their lives now. Author Thomas Wolfe, who lived an emotionally turbulent life, said, My whole life now rests upon the belief that loneliness, far from being rare and curious phenomenon, peculiar to myself and a few other solitary people, is the central and inevitable future, uh, feature of human existence. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning to be cheered up about the world? <laughs> One of the deep needs of our life, though, is to feel like we belong. And uh, we could play a game here of, of name, uh, name the sitcom theme song, because sitcom theme songs seem to have got this down really well. Think about this one. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Who knows that one? Cheers. Yep, very good. Teen Datsun starring sitcom from the 80s. Yes, you want to be where everybody knows your name. Or think of this one. But I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. Who knows? Friends. Uh, doesn't that, though, just sound so good to have people who know your name? They know you. To have people who are there for you, who you can be there for too. It's the cry of our heart. We long to know that there are people who receive and accept us. There are a couple of major questions that sit at the root of each of our lives. The big one, I think, of the 20th century was the question, who am I? This search for self-fuel uh, knowledge led to the self-esteem movement of the 20th century, knowing who I am and being confident in it. However, multiple studies were done that showed that having high self-esteem had little to no positive effect on people's lives. Really interesting. 
What researchers did find is that the healthiest and most satisfied individuals in life are those who have a place to belong. In other words, our deepest satisfaction comes not from achieving personal autonomy, but through acceptance into unconditional love and unbreakable belonging to a people. That is why I think the key question in most of our lives is not just who am I, but it's actually where do I belong? Where do I fit? It used to be that your wider family or community, and Māori you might say your hapu, was your people. You didn't have to choose it. You were just part of a community that accepted you. You knew where you fit. Now with families becoming more and more disconnected, we choose the people we connect with. We choose the places that we fit. And often our struggle comes because those places don't choose us in return. Social media has exploited this big time. Now if you're on social media, let me ask you a question. It may be something to go away and have a little bit of a look at. How many groups or pages are you a part of? Now, I'm someone who uh, often says no to groups. I don't want to be part of everyone's new soap-making business page. Uh, that's fine for you, but I'm actually not that interested. Uh, but I did have a look this week to see how many groups and pages I'm a part of, and it was 50. 50 groups and pages, and I think I'm conservative. Why don't you go and have a look and see how many groups you're part of? Now, if you were to actually ask me how many of the people in those groups do I connect with, some of them would say, not that often. But there would be a number of those where I would say, please don't delete me from your group. I know I haven't looked at that group for about five years, but there's still something inside of me that says, look, I feel a sense of belonging at one point in time to those people. And I don't want to lose that because it helps me know uh, that I am known and that I'm loved. That is why lockdown was so hard for so many people. All of our basic needs were met, right? But we had these higher needs of connection and belonging that can't be met when we're in a home by ourselves or with just two or three other people. And I want you to have a think about your own sense of belonging. When have you had a time, and maybe you're there right now, where you go, where do I fit? Where do I belong? I'm not sure if there is a place for me where I can feel that security of belonging. And I know I've had those times in my life. I had a time when I had some friends who were really good friends, but we just began to get disconnected. And over time, uh, I began to sort of feel like I was on the outside of this group. And I remember one day calling a friend of mine and saying, hey, let's hang out, let's spend some time together. And he said, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that today, I'm busy. He said, oh, what did you get up to today? And they said, oh, uh, that friend, the same friend I called, just called me up and said, oh, I've got nothing to do, let's hang out. And I was like, oh, come on, um, do I fit? Do I belong? Haven't you had those times too? We need to know that we fit. What about right now? Do you have a clear sense of belonging? Our hearts cry for connection and belonging. So what is the answer? When you don't feel like you belong, where can you go? And family and friends are helpful, but often they're not enough. According to Andy Crouch, belonging results from both being known and being loved. Being known and being loved. You will feel like you belong when you feel like you are known and you're loved. Being known without being loved is rejection. 
Being loved without being known is merely fitting in. Being neither loved nor known is being ignored and rejected entirely. So we need to go where we have a place where we can be known and loved. And I think that there are two places assigned to giving us that surety that we are both known and loved. And the first is in our relationship with God. And the second is in the church. If you have one of these, but don't have the other, I think, it's my contention that, you will still have a longing for connection in some way. These two things reverse the effect that eating the fruit uh, had in the Garden of Eden. Instead of drawing us apart from God and from others, we can draw towards him. First, belonging to God. Paul writes to the people of Corinth and he says to them, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that, what? You belong to Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ Jesus. In fact, this is the way Paul often starts his letters. If you ever look at Romans or Philippians or First and Second Thessalonians, he identifies them not as Christians. He doesn't say, hey, Christians in Philippi. He doesn't say, hey, Christians in Thessalonica. He just says, uh, to you, who, he doesn't even call them followers of the way, which may have been more common back then. But he says, for you who are called by God, and now through Christ Jesus, belong to him. God knows them, and he loves them. And they have a security because they belong in that relationship. The New Testament authors also use the sense of belonging to call the people to live for God. In fact, there's often a contrast, either implicitly or explicitly, to say to them, okay, guys, the obvious response from them would be, we belong to Jesus. And then he would say, okay, Go and act like it. 1 John 3.10 says, So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Hey, do you belong to God? Then live righteously. Love other believers. Jesus himself said, The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you're no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of this world so it hates you. Our belonging is to be found in Jesus. And that gives us this sense of security that other things cannot give. The deep cry of our heart to belong will only be satisfied when we discover that we do belong in Jesus. Do you know that today? How present is that idea in your heart? Hey, I know that right now I belong with Jesus. I belong to him. Deep in your heart, do you have that assurance that he knows you? completely. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the way that you behaved over Christmas. He knows what happened with your family gatherings. And he loves you. He loves you completely. You will know you belong if you have committed to live for him and have invited his son into your life. If you have him in your life, then you know you belong. And this will be backed up by a life that shows it. Living for him and not living for yourself. This goes beyond the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is that if you have emptiness, you should try and fill it with one thing and one thing only. What's that one thing that the world says you should try and fill your life with? Anybody? Love, right? All you need is love. If we have emptiness, then, then if we just fill it with love, then we will be okay. The author D.H. Lawrence wrote about this in his own search for pleasure. He wrote this. 
He said, we want to delude ourselves that our problem of emptiness, that of the problem of emptiness, love is the root. I want to say to you that it isn't. Love is only the branches. The root goes beyond love. A naked kind of isolation. There is a beyond in me which goes further than love, beyond the stars. The beyond that he was searching for is found in God. And as far as I know, he never found that beyond. That was not a Christian author. That was someone just wrestling inside himself, saying, love doesn't fill this emptiness, this need for belonging. There is a beyond. Love from another human cannot fill that need for belonging. I've seen many people enter into relationships looking for that belonging and that love. And they sometimes give up their moral standards in the hope that the relationship would fill the need in their heart. And it does for a little while, but it cannot fill that need forever. In fact, it often leaves them feeling more out of place, more alone, more isolated, like they don't fit. I've even seen people look to their Christian marriage to be the only thing to fill that hole. And then when the love in that marriage doesn't work, it doesn't fit their, that hole, they believe that there's probably something wrong with their partner or with marriage in general or themselves. When actually the only problem is that they were trying to put a square peg in a round hole. They were trying to fill their need for belonging with love from a single human being. A single human being can never fill that hole. What they're really searching for is the beyond. They're searching for God. Dennis de Rougemont says that love ceases to be a demon only when it ceases to be a God. When we make an idol out of love, it hurts us. When we belong to God, we can then and only then fully belong to others. I know when I come to my marriage with my deep need for belonging and I put all of that on my wife, she can't possibly fulfill it. But when I come knowing that I already belong and have a safe place of purpose and acceptance with God, then there is a freedom to enjoy that relationship without putting all that pressure on it. There's security and time apart. There is freedom in being able to love that person wholly without looking to them to do more than they can possibly do. As St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. So the first place we must find our belonging is in God. Then the second must be the church. The church is the human expression of the belonging that God has for us. During lockdown, I had an extroverted friend who had no one else in his bubble. He was pretty much all alone for weeks and weeks on end. And I remember uh, people saying that this extroverted person wasn't making any effort to contact them. In fact, he was isolating himself more and more. And as time went on, he lost that sense of belonging. He became disconnected from other Christians, and shortly after, he disconnected from God. The two were tightly linked together. And we need the church to be the expression of belonging that God has. Now when I say the church, I'm saying it with a big C. The church, I mean, is more than just attending a Sunday service. I mean the people of God throughout the world. 
And those parts of those people we intentionally gather together with. When you become a Christian, you belong to God, but you also become a member of his family. And you get thrust into this ragtag group of people from all over the world. And if you think about it, the church is really, it's, it's a terrible idea. Well, if you really think about it, how can, say, an 80-year-old Asian woman connect with a 15-year-old European boy? I mean, how, that just doesn't work. You don't see Facebook groups with that cross-section happening. But it seems to be that the church tries to push very different people together all the time. And this is a real challenge for the church. How do we do evangelism? And how do we do discipleship that will be understandable and relatable for people with the language and culture that they best connect with? At the same time, though, there is a beauty in this group of people coming together to express the fullness of what it means to be the people of God. Michael Jenkins says this. He says, We only discover our wholeness as the body of Christ through our being in communion with others in and through Christ Jesus. The great scandal of the church, according to Christian faith, is not that it is full of hypocrites and sinners, but that God actually reveals himself in the midst and through the lives of these hypocrites and sinners. In reality, it's not despite, but precisely in the irreducible otherness of community that God reveals himself. The irreducible otherness of community. We're different people. But God chooses to reveal himself to me through you. This is the beauty of community. And the hard thing that we have here on a Sunday morning is that we do have this cross-section of cultures and we have this uh, cross-section of ages and personality types. I mean, I think that there are people who come on a Sunday who just love this kind of environment. They're like, yes, I get to talk to this person and this person and this person. This is fantastic. And then others are... Uh, very much like, okay, if I can just sit in my seat, maybe have a good conversation with one person next to me and not have to talk to everybody else, that's a win for me. We're all very different in our personalities and how we uh, approach things. But we're all part of the same family. Paul reflects this in Romans 12, verse 5. He says, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. There's this sense of belonging. You belong to me. I belong to you. This wonderful belonging that comes from each other. Our heart's cry of belonging is to be found in this belonging to each other. We are family. We have an intimacy with each other that will change us as we embrace it. And the thing that unites us is greater than the thing that divides us. The thing that unites us is our worship and our adoration of Jesus and our commitment to him. That's what joins us together by his spirit. The Bible says that God puts the lonely into families. The church is one of those families. That's why Paul encourages the people of Galatia. He says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. And here's a challenge for us at St. Martin's C3 for anyone who calls himself part of the church, is to become a place where others come in and feel like they belong. It takes a great deal of intentionality on everyone's part. We must be those who make sure that others feel they are loved and they're known. Only then can we be a place 
where true belonging is found. Today, uh, this year, I want to encourage you to be part of God's church in some way. Make it a commitment. Don't just attend a church service, but be part of a group of believers, some of whom are not like you, where you can make yourself known and be loved. Be part of a group of people where you strive to know others and where you love them from the depths of your heart. For some, that will be here, primarily on a Sunday, but it could also be uh, in other churches or it could be in other Christian organizations. Or, And I want to suggest this. This might be a good year to join a connect group, particularly if you're saying, I'm missing that sense of belonging. Connect groups are a fantastic place where we don't just sit in rows, but we sit in circles. And we make ourselves known to others. And we uh, help others as we get to know them too. And I have a theory also about Sunday mornings. That every Sunday morning, every person who comes in wants a, a meaningful connection with someone else. A meaningful connection. That'll look different for everyone. For some people, that will be a really deep chat. For others, that'll be, uh, hello, how was your week? And someone actually being interested in their week. And they may not have had that all week long. But people are looking for meaningful connections. And one of my frustrations is that we've got a lot to do around here on a Sunday morning. And I get so busy doing stuff that I know I can't provide that for everyone. So if I've ever walked past you and you really just want to have a chat, and I've looked like I've got about six other things I've had to do, I'm really sorry. I am sorry about that. However, this is the great thing about church. It's not just about one or two or three people. It's that we have amazing people who look to provide those meaningful connections with others. And I want to encourage that in this place this year. So we looked at others and we go, hey, is anyone meaningfully connected with them? Maybe I can be that person today who has a really good chat and has uh, uh, something to say and some encouragement to, to give to them. May we look to give that to others more and more. Once there was a woman who wanted to know how she could rid herself of all her miseries. She was told by a wise, wise sage to go from door to door, and when she found a home where there were no worries, to ask for a single morsel of grain. She went out, and much time passed. Eventually, she came back, and she said to the wise sage, I could find no such home where there were no worries. However, um, okay, just stay still for a second. Right of the punchline of the story, I'm just going to look at my wife. Once there was a woman who wanted to know how she... It was a really good story, and I was getting right to the punchline. Once there was a woman who wanted to know how she could rid herself of all her miseries. She was told by a white sage to go from door to door, and when she found a home where there were no worries, to ask for a single morsel of grain. She returned after a long while, saying she had not found a single home that fit the description. Here's the punchline. But... She'd become so involved in hearing the heartaches of others that she'd forgotten her own. If we have a need for belonging, if we have that sense of where do I fit, sometimes the best thing for us to do is not for us to isolate ourselves further or sit off in the distance, but actually to engage with other people and try and give them that sense of belonging. And as we do that we'll find our own sense of belonging is met as well. Worth the wait, right? 
Great. Can you stand to your feet with me this morning? We'll have the, the band up. As we listen to others deeply, we find that we focus on ourselves less and we feel happier. Instead, we can focus on how we can make others feel loved and known. In the process, our needs begin to fade bit by bit, and we find it easier to make ourselves known and to receive love from other people. So this morning, I want you to just have a think. Where are you at? Or is there a loneliness? Is there an emptiness? Is there something that you think is still missing? Can you bring that to your creator this morning? You who belong to Christ Jesus and who belong to each other. There's so much fullness in that. There's so much satisfaction in that. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that the the deep cries of our heart are found by knowing our Creator, by knowing your love, which is beyond our love. Lord, for those of us who still sometimes wrestle with that sense of, where do I fit? Where do I belong? I love God, but I'm not sure if I've got all of God because there's still an emptiness that nags at me. Lord, for all who are struggling with that this morning, I pray that you would come in this moment and you'd bring your presence, your tremendously fulfilling presence. I pray and ask right now, God, for your love to be poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit, never disappointing us, but continually filling us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a place that represents that belonging. Lord, so often the church has failed. We've become more interested in in ourselves and we've forgotten to give that love and acceptance to others, to show you to others. We pray, God, that you would call us up this year to be those who look outward and involve ourselves in deep community that changes and transforms us and meets that need in our hearts. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.